as my high school teacher, Miss Judy Coleman, used to say, we must adjust to changing times and still hold to unchanging principles. Hello and welcome to Unchanging Principles. My name is Josh Carter, and I'm Rosen Carter's grandson. Today is November 19th, 2023, and as of this recording, my grandmother passed away just a few hours ago. It was hard news to take, even though it wasn't completely unexpected. There's just a finality of getting that phone call that's always hard. She was 96, and she lived one of the most incredible lives that anybody could have possibly lived. And I know that my grandmother's legacy is going to live on, but I'm still going to miss my grandmother dearly. You know, speaking of, I've uh, actually been pretty busy with my grandparents' legacy. Uh, in fact, I've been incredibly busy since we spoke last. I've done many things since my Naval Academy episode that I've been eager to tell you about, including building furniture to auction off at the annual Carter Center fundraiser. Uh, I spoke at a couple of Carter Center events, including my grandmother's Mental Health Journalism Fellows Program. I gave a speech accepting a Lifetime Achievement Award on behalf of my grandfather in the Alaska Wilderness League. Besides that, uh, we celebrated my grandmother's 96th birthday in August and my grandfather's 99th in October. And my wife and I also started a nonprofit organization supporting parents and caregivers of children with very early onset inflammatory bowel disease. We've called it the VEOIBD Foundation. These are all stories that I'm very excited to tell you in time, but one of the main projects that I have started since my grandmother announced that she was battling dementia is that I have joined the Rosalind Carter Institute for Caregivers. Now, advocating for caregivers is hard. You know, the word caregiver sounds ambiguous and it's a little squishy. It doesn't incite the same sort of urgency as other causes. And in fact, you can spend your entire life doing it without even recognizing that your actions have a name. And that is exactly what happened to my grandmother. When Rosen was 13 years old, her father died of cancer. And then the next year, her grandmother died, and her aging grandfather moved into their house. So starting in her early teens, Rosalind helped her single mother run a household with an aging grandfather and three younger siblings. She wasn't, quote-unquote, caregiving. She never thought about it that way. The word they used was family. And when Rosen was campaigning for my grandfather... She met families all over Georgia and later all over the United States with this expanded use of the word family. And every situation was, of course, unique, but as she met more people, the similarities became pretty clear. Whatever the unique situation is, helping an aging parent or grandparent, taking care of a disabled spouse, caring for a child with cancer, or, for example, an extremely rare inflammatory bowel disease, She saw people who left promising careers, who moved across the country, who just straight up dropped everything to become their family's primary caregiver. 
Now, most people who do this couldn't imagine of having it any other way. It's a family duty. It's just what you do. And it can be a fulfilling job. But it's hard. And there are challenges. Professionally, mentally, financially, and of course emotionally. Often family caregivers devote so much time and energy in one direction that it can feel very lonely. Even though there are more than 50 million Americans who have rearranged their life to become a caregiver. The RCI exists to help these caregivers, sixth of our country, who provide this vital service for free. Now, as my grandparents have aged, I've been thinking about the work of the RCI nearly every day. My grandmother's founding statement about the RCI is that there are only four types of people in the world. Those who have been caregivers, those who are currently caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who need caregivers. My grandparents are no exception. They have professional caregivers, but someone in our family has been at the house all year, taking care of things that only family can do. It's been fulfilling, and it's been lonely, and it's been hard. But one of the main benefits is that when my grandmother passed away, she was surrounded by her family. This news is new to me, and it's hard for me to think about a world without Rosalind Carter, without my grandmother. It doesn't matter how much time you have to prepare for these things. No matter how unsurprising the news is when it comes, it still it still hurts. And it's literally only been a couple hours at this point. Like, I have not processed this yet. So I'm sure that I'm going to have many stories pop into my head over the next few days and weeks. But one of the stories that's stuck there now is it came out after my grandmother's dementia diagnosis. We were in planes with my family and we brought the kids bikes and scooters. And Jonathan had this little scooter that he brought into their house. And my kid is a daredevil. And my grandparents sat on the couch and Jonathan tore up and down their living room with this little scooter with one leg on the scooter and the other way over his head balancing precariously, pretending like he was going to fall, and he didn't. But it turned out to be one of the most exciting things that my grandparents had ever seen. You know, my grandmother's dementia diagnosis was hard. And she had a hard time remembering some key things. You know, for example, at the end, she would sometimes forget how I was related to her. But she always knew I was family. And every time I went down to see her, she would eventually make the connection. And when she did, I mean, every single time, Rosen would tell me the story of Jonathan zipping around her living room with his leg over his head on a scooter. And she would tell the story with a very big smile. That's something I'm going to remember forever. My grandmother was surrounded by family in her final moments. And I know that she knew that she was loved. Thank you for listening to this episode of my podcast. You know, since I started working on this episode, the news has gone out and I've already received an outpouring of support and I'm very grateful to you all. If you want to get in contact with me, email me at josh at unchangingprinciples.com. I'm no longer on Twitter or X, and uh, I'm actually really on social media, but uh, email still works great. 
And of course, you can use my contact form on my website at unchangingprinciples.com. There's a website dedicated to my grandmother that just went live. That is rosalindcartertribute.org. I'm going to link to that on my website, unchangingprinciples.com, of course. But you can also visit the Carter Center's website at cartercenter.org or the Rosen Carter Institute for Caregiving at rosencarter.org. Well, I hope my legacy continues I mean, more than just for a lady because Carter Center's been an integral part of our lives, I would think, and our motto is waging peace, fighting disease, and building hope. And um, I hope that I have contributed something to mental health uh, issues and help improve a little bit people, the lives of people living with mental illnesses. But I also hope, I mean, I have had great um, opportunities for so long now. And to go to Africa or one of those countries, we have programs in 70-something countries, and we go to Africa uh, two, three times a year. And to go to those villages, and now things are coming to fruition, we've been working on all these years, like we've almost eradicated guinea worm. I mean, to go to a village where there's no longer guinea worm, it is a celebration. I mean, to go back when it's gone from a village or almost gone, and the hope it gives to them, that it, most of the time it's the first thing they have ever seen that was successful. And it's just so wonderful just to see the hope on their faces that something good is happening. <laughs> I didn't mean to get emotional. <laughs>